You're listening to the Nerd to Know Media Network. Join us at nerdtoknowmedia.com. Broadcasting from the Blanchestan Center, this is Phoenix FM. This is 92.5 Phoenix FM, community radio for Dublin 15. Hey everybody, it's JB Jeremy Borash and you are listening to Daryl O'Connor on the... Everybody, welcome to Phoenix 92.5 FM. This is the Wrestling Rewind. My name is Daryl O'Connor, and we have a special arc for you this evening. Uh, it's been a while since we've done an arc, and now we're going in your house. We're going to make that joke a lot because Vince McMahon seems to love it. Says it a lot on this show. The, the announcer says a lot on the show. It's funny the first time you hear it, and then it starts becoming extremely grating. It's, but yeah. it's the it's the B sharps of wrestling. Yeah, exactly, that's exactly <laughs> it. That's exactly it. It's funny the first time and gets less funny the more you hear it. And unfortunately, when you're watching, I don't know what it's going to be like as we're going through. But particularly the first one, they say it a lot, and it's 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 it is it is what it is. Um, but of course, you heard my co-host. I'm not here alone. Uh, he is the one and only undefeated one and oh, Mister Martin Hardy. How is Martin? I'm absolutely grand there. We had a uh, blood and guts during the week, which was just a fantastic, violent lunacy fest. And the yes. uh, Ring of Honor's death before dishonor is tonight. So I'll be wow. as soon as we clock off here, I'll be jumping straight into that. So all is well. And you know what, man? You've reunited my love of TNA wrestling. Um, <laughs> and. The sad part about that is I think what's going to happen with this arc is I'm going to like just go, we're doing TNA this week and then we go back to In Your House because, oh my God, it's the best well, wrestling product. It's the best wrestling product of all time. Well, that's actually okay. And in fact, so yeah, as Dara said, we're starting a new arc. Um, it'll not be every week. Like we'll dip in and out as as we need to, but it's to do with the, uh, the In Your House pay-per-views because I yes. think they cover a really interesting transitional period from kind of new gen into attitude era and it's a it's a, it's a an interesting kind of period without having to do the weekly or every single pay-per-view but and we were kind of sorry go ahead sorry go on go on sorry that's finished shot I was, I was saying we were kind of torn between doing this and because we did tna last week just completely by coincidence, Slammiversary was on. Yeah, and we did. We didn't. <laughs> we didn't know which one we were going to do. But I'm 
very happy with that uh, compromise there if we want to sort of ping pong between In Your House and TNA. Yeah, I mean, it's just it's just such a good product. Now, I mean, like classic TNA and it's all on YouTube, which is not really a good, not really a good way if you're selling an app, which they are. But everything you want to see on TNA is on YouTube that they put up themselves. So, I mean, big boola bus for Impact Wrestling. They are great business people is the wrong word to use because this is like the opposite of what you do. But they make error lives so much easier. Well, it's great. I really don't need another uh, subscription service. Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. But it is hilarious because it's just like, oh, I don't need to buy anything. It's right here. Um, so, yeah, I, I think, you know, we'll be kind of ping pong and back and forward between it. But as far as the time machine, it is firmly on this in your house uh, trajectory because like there's such weird shows. And I, I have a, a bone to pick immediately, though. The, the artwork that they used for the first couple of shows is like the laziest thing in the world. <laughs> is this uh, the crossed feet in front yeah. of the television? Oh yeah, it's God. like you, you couldn't come up with anything better than that. No, the first I would look, I would have been okay with it the first one. And I'm like, you had nobody, you had no other ideas. No, that's that's the best you had. <laughs> it's like, oh, we've changed the color and we'll go to lunch. And it was like, oh. but it's it's so bizarre because yeah, it's, so it's weird. like it's like okay, I get it. Yeah, in your house to pay per view, you're going to watch it in your house. The wrestling's going to be in your house, but you're a wrestling company. Like ninety percent of your wrestling is in my house. Yeah, <laughs> it's very rare that I go to live events. It's exactly. all television or pay per views or it, it's know. it's weird. It's very weird. But the thing is, like again, we have to set our expectations here. So for anyone listening, um, first of all, thank you so much. If this is your first show, welcome. Uh, we apologize in advance. Uh, but if you want more, you can go over to nerdtonomedia.com, therestingwithrowing.com and pick up all the shows for free. There's no paywall. However, you can support us. And for tonight, uh, because of the time it is, it's not an X-Pac Euro. It's a one, two, three kid oh. Euro. A one so. Euro. Two, three, kid. <laughs> a hanado, a tree, kid. Euro. <laughs> Not to get us banned off the radio, but it's like the old, uh, what do you call no, it? Pad, Paddy Short, the old song. And oh, I no, go in, fuckle do, fuckle three, fuckle ella. That's okay. No, that's okay. That's okay. And that was Richie Kavanagh. Richie Kavanagh. Oh. Yeah. Not Pat Short. Not there, Pat Short. Pat no. Short was the jumbo breakfast roll. He was. Richie Kavanaugh was, um, did you ever get a ride? Did you ever get a ride? Did you ever get a ride on a tractor? Yeah, that would be, that would, that would track. Um, and that's okay. He was speaking Irish, folks. He was not, he was not swearing. So it's okay. We don't have Buckle to cut that. Is the Irish word for word. It is. And we don't so. have to cut that. So that, that saves me a lot in editing. So, um, Okay. So some background of these shows, these were a series of shows that weren't exactly pay-per-views as such. They've been retroactively uh, titled In Your House. Um, and this one specifically is In Your House Premier and then In Your House 1, right? So they're not pay-per-views as such, but they are. Uh, so up until this point, there was just the big five, right? Um, that WDB were doing or the big four, but at this time it was the big five. It was WrestleMania, King of the Ring, SummerSlam, Survivor Series and the Royal Rumble. Of course, today we only have 
uh, four of those. Uh, and then King of the Rings kind of been supplanted by the Money in the Bank. Money in the Bank, probably yeah. the big. I'd say so. Yeah. Or fast lane. <laughs> <laughs> or WWE WrestleMania Backlash Nightmare Edition Super Bonus DLC. <laughs> paid, paid DLC, paid DLC on disc, paid DLC. Um, yeah. So this was WWE's kind of way of leading into having more shows. And well, it, it is super like lazy, really, to be like, oh, in your house, yeah, that works. So well, a lot was- of them. It's yeah, sorry. Of... Sorry, oh, go sorry, on. go ahead. No, no, you go ahead. I was gonna say a lot of them are in nineteen ninety five and then they're like, Oh, we'll just you know, sporadically pop pepper them throughout the throughout ninety six and ninety seven. So And and ninety fives it's not a classic. <laughs> not a classic year for them. <laughs> no, yeah. it's not. It so to put this into context, this would be when um well just before Nitro actually uh, started absolutely smashing its teeth in. Um, but you can I think see it's, why. I think it's their worst year ever. Like yeah. in terms of yeah. uh, numbers, gates, in terms of um, like profits, like everything. I think 95 is like their worst year <laughs> just yeah, well, look, in history. You know, to put this into context, right? So, when was this show? This show was May 1995. So, just pulled up Starcade from this year, right? At the same time, you had DDP, uh, you had Justin Thunder Liger having absolute barn burners with Chris Benoit. Um, what's it? Randy Savage. Sting was in there with Kensuku Sintaka, um, Ric Flair, Sting, and Luger. But would be the, where the top of the card at the, at the time, so like that's who they're competing against. That that caliber, like the main WWE um, stalwarts, really all left and went to the WCW. So what they was had uh, to move in. What was McMahon? So just to zero in on like a one of them, mm. what was McMahon thinking, letting Randy Savage go? Well, he wanted to use them as a commentator. He yeah, he wouldn't, he wouldn't let him wrestle. He yeah. he was too old. At, yeah. What was he, like 38 or something? Yeah, like he looked <laughs> he looked a hell of a lot older than he actually was. Yeah, but that's, but yeah. you know, like uh, like he had so much left in the tank. And like he he wanted to stay. He left out of pure frustration because they wouldn't let him wrestle. And he was so over. He was the bloody he, macho man. He even had a rap album left. <laughs> oh my god, what's it called again? Uh, Unchained, is it? I think oh it is. yeah, Master Man yeah. Unchained. I I haven't looked it up, so I could be wrong, but that is my guess, and I'm going to stand by it. But there's a there's a couple of things. It was that it was actually a kind of a perfect storm of different things that led to the creation of In Your House. So, firstly, WCW started pushing monthly pay per views. Yes. Heading in that direction. That was a big one. Um, Saturday night's main event, WWF's kind of main TV show at the time, mm. was uh, taken off the air. It was not syndicated. It was the different TV stations that had been running it had uh, dropped or cancelled it. But the mm. biggest thing was um, apparently one of the reasons we have in your house is because of Batman. What? So, yeah. Okay, go, really, on, go on, go on. Tell me this. Tell me this. So, 
WWF used to make like a fair portion of their profits from VHS tapes. Right. And back in the day, like this is going to sound mad to anyone who's younger than 30, right? But back in the day, uh, when VHS tapes first came out, kind of blew people's minds that you could own a film or you could, yeah. you could own so like wasn't you go to the cinema and you see it or it just happened to be on TV or whatever you could own it right yeah so when they first came out VHS tapes were insanely priced mm. like like $70 for a for a, a new VHS tape with a movie on it like they were yeah. mad priced yeah and I remember this yeah yeah, nuts. And WWF were making pucks of money on VHS tapes original because they weren't doing that initial mad pricing. They were kind of lower than that, but they were also still just just way, way overpriced. So they were firing them out and they'd fire out all sorts. You know, you'd obviously have your pay-per-views, but then they'd pick like, uh, say they'd do, it'd be called like the best of Bret Hart, but it would be like six random matches like just good bad in the middle it wouldn't matter like best the, of Bret Hart yeah like Ran, the, randomly picked yeah there would be like it wouldn't be nobody had sat down and said oh we're really going to pick out his, his six best matches it would just be any old crap I have a, a best of Bret Hart volume one VHS I actually still have it and there's Bret Hart versus IRS Oh, the classic on on like a random main event or superstars or something like that, and it's what like. What are you talking about? The math this classic. Is, this is not. <laughs> <laughs> like thirty seconds in, IRS is gassed. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, so where Batman comes in is so WWF actually business went down in ninety five. Gates went down. Pay per view buys went down. Um, and the big one was sales of VHSs went down. And then Batman came out, uh, like the original Tim Burton one. Batman 89. Oh, then 95, then it wasn't. Maybe it was a later one. But it was one of the, one of the Batman movies came out on VHS anyway, right? Mm. And as a promotional thing, for some reason, they decided Batman is going to be $9.99 on VHS and this just upended the whole VHS industry because this was what people expected. So Batman became one of the, uh, it was like one of the biggest selling VHSs ever as a result of that. Like mm. like if you have a VHS collection, it was almost like, if you look at any N64 collection, GoldenEye is in it. Yeah. It's nope. like a, it's like one of the one of the the main sta- sta- staples. That's the word they use. Exactly, staples in it, yeah. a mixture of a good movie, but also just really affordable. Um, so this meant this hit WWF's like this upended the whole VHS industry, but also hit WWF's um, pricing really hard. So, uh, in your house came about as a result of lost. Uh, income from, like I said, the pressure from WCW, just mm. getting that generally being down, and the loss of profits on the VHS industry was a huge one for them. So they come out with this um, monthly, as you say, pay-per-view, but not a pay-per-view, but is a pay-per-view. Uh, it's about half the price of a regular pay-per-view. It's only two hours long, but really, like when you 
take everything into account it's it's about an hour and 40 minutes yeah um and yeah that's that's the long-winded version of how batman almost <laughs> bankrupt the wwf well i mean it, it did actually kind of change you know flip the script a little bit as well it, like <sighs> one thing about wdb is they've always been really good about jumping on these technological advances right like even to the network now yeah they were so ahead of its time in that sense where they're like oh we should probably have a wrestling network nobody else thought that would be a good idea nobody else was like doing that wdb were the first ones there and by jumping on this it's like yeah look the show itself it's <laughs> it's gimmicky and kind of hammy but that kind of is just the new generation era in general but it's also way more accessible than you know uh, like if you were to order WrestleMania or something like that, it probably would have been like 70 bucks or probably more. This would be what, maybe 20, $15, $15, $14.95. Yep. Yeah. That makes sense. And it, at, it, at the time, obviously, well, it delivers, I mean, for $15, it's like, I would have been like, all right, yeah, that's, that's fine. You know, um, like it looks good. Like the actual show itself and the set looks pretty cool and the crowd seem really into it and they have like the little gimmick with the house and all that kind of stuff as well. It's, 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 it's definitely better than what WWE have done when they've tried this again with something like Cyber Sunday or when WCW <laughs> tried it. And it's You'll like, never forgive them for that, will you? No, oh my God, no way. No way. But, you know, it's like, this is WWE going small and when they go small, they seem to do it well because the, the details are all there, you know, and even though, yeah, it's a bad year, it still was a much better year. And this show was much better than 2005. Any 2005 in 10 years, they like forgot how to be a wrestling company. So, yeah, look, it's a smaller crowd. It's in, it's, uh, well, well, it's nine, it's, 9, 9,000 people. Well, it's actually, it's kind of bizarre. 7, there's a huge, there's a huge disparity between the crowd and the buys. So, yeah, the crowd is 7,000 people, but half literally half three and a half thousand of those were free they they only actually sold three and a half thousand tickets and then they just to fill the building out they just let everyone whoever wanted in you know what though fine that looks well genuinely i mean i would much rather watch a show papered like this this is the best papering i've ever seen because when oh, WC, yeah. when wcw did it they would just let drunk college kids in. When TNA <laughs> did it, it was random people at Universal Studios who were like, what's wrestling? What where's, is Hulk where's Hulk Hogan? You know? Um, <laughs> and then I, unfortunately, he would show up in He TNA. would show up eventually. <laughs> yeah. So they, you know, they weren't wrong. But this is like <laughs> random families and like people who would be at the show anyway. And just, it, it worked. I can just imagine TNA people outside going, hey, you want to come in and see the wrestling show? And people coming up going, oh my God, like, you mean like The Rock? <laughs> yeah, sure. Yeah, sure. <laughs> and basically, I'm just like, yeah, sure. Yeah, that's exactly who's in it. It's like, no, what would more, you know, it would mainly be people who want to escape the Florida sun to go into the air conditioning. And <laughs> they can't afford to go into the... It's, it's the same thing though. Oh, do you have air conditioning? Yeah, sure. <laughs> the the rocks bringing it. <laughs> now, to be fair, they do have air con. They did have air conditioning in there. So, right, well. I, I I will be fair. I mean, when you're in Orlando, 
you, you can't walk outside with air conditioning. So it's like, yeah, that's fair enough. But it, yeah, well, like this. So the 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 kind of disparity here though is that crowd of seven thousand, yeah. especially yeah. when half of them are comped. Yeah. Three hundred and thirty-two thousand pay-per-view buys. It is the second biggest pay-per-view that year. Wow. Next only to WrestleMania, and WrestleMania was only like three hundred and thirty-eight thousand. Like it was, it was literally only a few thousand short of of WrestleMania. But the thing about it is, man, it's because they competitively priced it. You know, like you're you're going to give something a chance if it's priced decently. You know, and yeah. Like there is something to be said for okay, so in in that stage, right? There is something to be said for for holding a value at a brand. For example, like luxury products, like an Apple product, right? If you have a MacBook or something like that, it can be seen as a status symbol, and you wouldn't price that down because it would kill the value. However, your market share is going to be limited because you're you're pricing at a premium. But if you're looking to try something new, like you often see this, particularly with video games. Um, PlayStation, PlayStation one, uh, two or one, I, one of them was like massively discounted, and same with the Wii. Actually, it was massively discount discounted, and that's how it just dominated because it was a good product, but people didn't want to pay, you know, a luxury price of like a PS3 or something like that, and they're like, yeah, okay, we're gonna price at this and you see it all the time you know and even well now you see it with uh, people like okay there's a brand I'm not going to name them because obviously I'm just not going to name them um, don't want to get Phoenix of M in trouble but it's like um, it's an online cheap version of a store you know and uh, you get loads of ads uh, for it in YouTube you know the one I'm talking I about I wish you would tell me what you're talking it's not about that, it's not that one it's not that one it's the, it's the one that begins with a T and uh, you see ads for it everywhere now. And apparently, the way their business model is, they will like, they will pay for shipping, like at a massive, a massive loss. So they're building up their customer base at a massive loss, and then eventually people will come back. And that's kind of what's happening here, where WWE would take the hit, dropping the price way down, eating the losses, but then also retaining them as a customer. It, it is quite smart, and it's a good way to deal with our new product, which is in your house. Yeah, well, there is. There's a couple of things that um, sort of came together to make this like the huge success. Like it was, it was a genuinely unexpected success. Like even amongst the not just WWF, even amongst the pay per view provider, it was they were kind of almost um, overwhelmed by how popular this was, and they couldn't afford a new poster at any time. (laughs) But uh, so yes, one of the points you made 100% correct that it was um, competitively priced the other thing was that it was new like it was uh, kind of a novelty it was the first time WF had done anything like this before the call me and Dara had been talking about how we're both really excited for All In at Wembley but this is probably I mean we don't know what's going to happen in the future but this is probably AW's only chance of actually Getting like a ninety thousand sellout arena because you say, it's, because it's the first time. You could say that the wrestling rewind is all in. We are all in, <laughs> <laughs> and then when we get there, we're going to be all out on the points. So um, many points, it's going to be ridiculous. But, but the third thing that actually sold this pay per view was as part of the gimmick to promote this. Oh yes, yes, yes in yes, your house. 
They gave away a house. So you know what they should do? They should do this again in Ireland. Everyone oh, will buy it. They could be bankrupt. WWE <laughs> be bankrupt in the morning. We bought one cottage in Clare. Bankrupt. One cottage in Clare and a chicken fillet roll. Just bankrupt. Um, so they literally part of the pay-per-view here is um, people send in their uh, letters like yep. their and apparently they got proof of purchase they got hundreds of thousands of um, entries into the comp so like for a start everyone who entered the competition bought the pay-per-view to see if they had won the house yeah so it's kind of kind of genius Apparently the the people that won the house sold it six months later for one hundred and seventy five thousand. Nice. So they sold it for that. So you can you can probably assume WWF got it for less. So let's well, even just be. Well, it was in Florida, wasn't it? It was in like Miami. Yeah, Orlando. Oh, sorry, it's in Orlando. Yeah. Um, but you know what? Orlando's not let's, expensive. Right. Let's not even let. Let's just say that WWF. Let's say it was an even thing. WWF got it for one hundred and seventy thousand right they did three hundred and thirty two thousand pay-per-view buys at fifteen dollars each i mean that's that's a win <laughs> like i mean if, listen tony <laughs> give away a house give away a house. <laughs> that's what you should do at all in be like listen <laughs> In London, in London. <laughs> he'd, he'd need to sell out Wembley for a week. <laughs> <laughs> no, but the house would need to be in London. It could be in like Slough or Slough. somewhere else. You know, <clears throat> no disrespect. Where like is it? Shetland Islands. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, that'd be funny. But um, it was like a a kind of a I mean a lunatic, but. A little bit of an it's such a good idea, though. Marketing move, yeah. Now, tell me this, right? So I, I wasn't able to find if this was was it rigged. Uh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't imagine. Was it so. worked? No, okay. I wouldn't imagine so because, <laughs> like, like okay, so we did the whole Cyber Sunday, uh, Taboo Tuesday. See, even you can't let that go. No, but but I was gen- like I searched high and low. I went through every podcast, every article I could to find out if those votes were rigged, and apparently they weren't. Like no. they genuinely weren't. And then I looked through the democracy uh, do remember, just doesn't work because do <laughs> the end of the pick in the chain, the chain. Do you remember, but do you go. remember they started giving away. Um, Vince did a thing in the noughties where he was giving away a, a million quid on Raw or something. Yes. Apparently that wasn't rigged either. Really? So, yes, oh my I God. I don't think this was rigged because I don't see why it would be. Like, you know, I don't... I don't know. Give Sid's kid a house, like... <laughs> Gives... With a, with a restraining order around it. <laughs> 200 feet. Um, but I don't think so. But it's just, it's a, it's not a great pay per view. No, it's really bad. But I'd say it's interesting, isn't it? It's, it is. It's just, it's just so okay. So we're gonna get into it. So look, we made a it, lot of jokes, and it starts off really well. We've made a lot of jokes here, because that's what we do. Um, but ninety percent of what we say is 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 in is in uh, is in jest. The rest of it is just 
don't know, what's the rest? Lies. Well, <laughs> 90% no, jokes, 10% lies. 10% lies. Now with more lies. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I mean, look, the, the show itself, when I was looking at it, I was like, I actually had a great time watching it. Because um, it was just, it was fun, but awful, like in equal measure, you know? Yeah. And I have to say, straight off the bat, man, we got to see the former number one contender who went one-on-one with oh, the Rock on Raw. I, just, I was saving that for when we got there, but yeah. <laughs> he was there. You got to see him with Double J, Jeff Jarrett, as the roadie. The ro- you got to see the genesis, the genesis of the man who went toe-to-toe with the Rock <laughs> and came within three seconds. Three short being, seconds, that's all it was. World champion <laughs> at the height of WWF's popularity. Oh man, I tell you how lucky were we. That's all I it's can say. Halcyon days. <laughs> but what's what's funny about this is and also kind of weird, right? So they had a rake of dark matches after the show. And they were actually like money matches. Undertaker Undertaker. Like Undertaker, Undertaker was in there. They had a King of the Ring qualifying match. Bam Bam Bigelow and, and Tanaka was there. And it's like, oh no, the people don't want to see that. They want to see Mabel versus Adam Bomb. Yeah, don't don't get the Undertaker on the show. Get no, Mabel. God no. Get, Mabel, we want to see Mabel. Get Mabel on there. Get the smoking guns. <laughs> smoking guns. Like also, well, smoking guns also had a former number one contender who went one on one with the great one. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Bob. But my name is Billy. <laughs> <laughs> and old Sparky Plug was also on the show, but that was also a dark match. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the people in attendance, you know, really got a much better show when you look at it than we did. We got kind in of fact, cheated. The dark matches are, there's what, so, hold on, let me check. So, Brett Akushi, Double J, Mabel, uh, Tag Team, Brett Lawler, and then the main event. So there's actually as many, or okay, so there's six matches in the show. It's but longer. There's five the dark, dark matches. The dark matches are longer. Yeah, they are, because like, two yeah. of these matches are, one of them's like a minute and a half, and then another one's like, two of them are five minutes long. Like, And two of them are 15 minutes long. And one of those 15 minutes feels like four hours. <laughs> Sorry, I mean the dark match is 15 minutes. Oh, of the dark matches. The yeah. dark match. No, on, on the card we have 15, 13, 2, about 6, and then 5, and then 12. And it's like, okay. So look, we'll start from the top. We'll, obviously, Bret Hart's on the show a fair bit. And that's great. And I think, you know, this Bret Hart I actually could really get into. Because oh, it's like, yeah. he's actually really fun and like a cool character. Um, And like, yeah, it's kind of goofy. Like the whole, the whole, this whole era is really, really goofy. Like, exceptionally yeah, goofy. Um, yeah, but it's, it's the era he's in like but it's still fun I mean like that opening match with, with um, Hakushi is like actually great ex- ex- that ex- opening match with Hakushi could be on Dynamite this week and nobody would complain about it like yeah it was... no that match is evergreen it could, you can put it on any any wrestling show at any time and it will still be great you know the it really is wonderful Oh, but but this, so, like I say, open a match to Bret Hart versus Sakushi. This is the genius of Bret Hart, and it's not even in the in the moves that 
but there is a lot of great moves in this match, particularly from Hakushi, who was like a genuinely um, amazing high flyer at a time when, particularly in WWF, there was not a lot of high flying going on. But and WCW because it was banned. Oh God, yeah, they had that weird over the top rope rule at that yes, time, sir. didn't they? Yep. Bill Watts, what a lunatic! <laughs> so, so for anyone who doesn't, well, he's not wrong. Go on, explain why. For happened. anyone who doesn't understand that, Bill Watts around this time came in and took over the book mm-hmm. of WCW, and he instituted this rule that if you threw anybody out over the top rope, you were disqualified. <laughs> or if you went to the top rope, or if you jumped off the top rope, you were disqualified. Yeah. It was yeah. the most bizarre n- nonsense. But anyway. Uh, Bret Hart versus Akushi, brilliant match, but a lot of the greatness of this match comes from Bret's uh, selling, and not even in selling of the moves, like selling that he's hurt or whatever. But um, like every time Hakushi does something, like uh, early on in the match, Bret whips him to the ropes, and Hakushi bounces back, and you know he's Bret's kind of lining up to a clothesline or whatever, and then Hakushi just cartwheels around him. And Brett's face is just, what the hell? And it's just all those little moments that uh, that sell it. And it's it's so bizarre because, and, and, and the, Bret Hart is my all-time favorite wrestler. The day I met him, I was almost speechless. I was like a wee fangirl. I could have cried. Uh, he's incredible. But even I have to admit, in 1995, he was not the best promo. <laughs> Um, no, he, he really isn't. He, promos are not his. He really is. He, no, he does two promos in this pay per view. And God, I love you, Brett. Please forgive me, but the book terrible. Um, but it's so weird that he cannot do promos because in the ring he emotes so well, like he tells a complete story, like just with his face. You know, I. I I just I don't understand how he can be so expressive and so emotive uh, and so descriptive in the ring, and then whenever someone puts a camera in his face, he's like, "Yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna punch you in the mouth, and uh, yeah, you, you know, I'm gonna do it for my mom because mom really likes when I punch people in the mouth." Bret Hart. It's <laughs> yeah. Although I never associated Bret Hart with a good promo, to be fair. Well, so ever. La- well, later on, once he once he went a uh, heel, he was actually really good. Like he really tore it up. Uh, particularly late '96 when he started doing the. I think I think the moment his breakthrough came was when he had the cage match and he was screwed out of it, and uh, Vince came into the ring to be like oh look I acknowledge what happened and he was like this is bull crap and he shoves Vince down and like this is like I know if you're listening and you're like a younger fan like this all sounds like uh, boring boring nonsense but this had never happened before and I think Bret Hart's heel turn was when he really really became a great promo but even I will admit that prior to that he he was not good. Um, hello? 
No, sorry, sorry. I had my oh, sorry. I was mute there for a moment. I was like, "Why can you not hear me?" Um, yeah. Look, oh, right. <laughs> this match was good, so we'll let that go. Fair play to really him, good Brad. Match. Like he really did do a great job. Um, and look, he'd get the win, right? But they were telling the story here throughout the night. So the commentator switch. Oh my god! <laughs> Isn't so, it? So before you go on, let's talk okay, about the commentary. As oh, we whole. have to. No, we have to. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Okay, so phenomenal. Vince, Vince is the combinator with Doc Hendricks and people who don't know Doc Hendricks it's Michael P.S. Hayes <laughs> right? so, Michael P.S. Hayes by the way had been applying to WWF for literal years to get a job and Vince wouldn't hire him because he was too southern wrestling mm. you know we do sports entertainment he's too southern wrestling but eventually he just Relentless. Just, he just okay. broke. He just broke Michael Hayes's spirit. <laughs> it was like Michael Hayes was one of the free birds, you know. He like, was one of the fabulous yeah. free birds. Yeah. Oh my god. And he, he, uh, Bruce. I Pritchard, met Michael. I, I met Michael P. Hayes one once. It was a good crack. Well, Bruce Pritchard. He he used to constantly ring Bruce Pritchard and go like, "I just want to wrestle. Have you got anything for me? I'll do. I'll do anything. Have you got anything?" And they were like, "Well." We might bring you on as a commentator. And he was like, all right, fine. And he came in as a commentator and him and Vince did a, did a kind of a test run. Mm. And Vince loved them. He was like, oh my God, like the, the back and forth was brilliant. You were, you were great. But we're going to need to do something about that hair. And oh, that yeah. beard. And that <laughs> mustache and those clothes and that name. <laughs> Basically... So they, they hired Michael Hayes, but literally the day they brought him in and they did the test run and it went really well, they literally had a stylist there waiting because Vince uh, was like, I'll give you the job, but only if you go and get your hair cut and your beard shaved. In, like right now, like immediately. What a psycho. I mean... He's going on television, like <laughs> he's a commentator. I know, but you can see him. Like it's not like he's, he's hiding behind the back. Like but it's not like Jesse Ventura looked like a conservative, I know, <laughs> you know, U.S. Republican candidate. <laughs> I know, but look, it, all I'm saying is there is some method to the madness. Now it's crazy and insane, but it does make sense. Like it's not. Look, if he had been on like the radio. That would have been a bit mad, but like he's still on TV, and Vince is like, "Okay, here you go." <laughs> well, there's like in my notes here, I have a number of references to the commentary, all of which are great, by the way. Like either great or hilarious. None of them are bad in the way. No, like, Jerry no, no. Hall or or what he called what he called the growling creep, Mark Madden. <laughs> or Mark Madden or bad. The character, that. the character, Mark the- Madden, not not the man. <laughs> The, the the distinct character that was portrayed in WCW. <laughs> I love I love Dara's optimism that he thinks Mark Madden listens to our podcast. <laughs> but um, some of them are great, so I'll I'll mention them through the night. But just one of the early ones I had <laughs> was in the Brett Hakushi match, where he's like Hakushi feeling the pressure wrestling here on foreign soil, and I'm going, well, Bret Hart's Canadian. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's it. They're neither of these guys are from the U.S. Why is the crowd chatting U.S.? 
Because the crowd doesn't know there's a difference. <laughs> That's why. <laughs> Either does Vince or Doc, apparently. <laughs> so I have to say, right, what I love about this era, right? So mullets galore. Oh my God. Yes. So many mullets. It's, 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 <laughs> it really is like an epidemic on this show. Everyone has a mullet, right? <laughs> but it adds to it. And, and he made Michael Hayes cut his hair. I know, right? <laughs> like you're, you're, the main guy, it's like you let him on television like that. Come on. Anyway, so uh, obviously uh, the king isn't doing commentary just yet. So he's still an active wrestler, right? So watching King in his, not prime, but in his like wrestling time, like, like, because he's not, he's not, he's been wrestling for years, obviously. He's not retired, but he's in that like twilight years, you know? Yeah. It's bizarre because you're like, this is the regular, yeah, yeah. It's like this is the king, and he's not on commentary, and it's kind of weird. But I do really like every time he's like cutting a promo. It's super fun. I appreciate the phones, this WWF line that they have. So, for anyone who doesn't know, there would be like a graphic that pops up, and like these two people on phones. I don't really know what they're doing, but when you're watching the show, it says the like, phone number no longer active because obviously it was 20, 30 years ago. I think at this point, <laughs> well, if you ring it up and just like a really old diesel <laughs> answers, hello, <laughs> been here for thirty years. <laughs> How'd you get this number? <laughs> How'd you get this number? <laughs> um, but yeah, I just, I just really appreciated like those little touches because they wouldn't show up again. I also just realised one of the person on thing really looks like Lex Luger, but it's not. Um, I just really appreciate those little touches because you would never really get those again. They would kind of like do drips and drabs a little bit, but it really is of its time, this superstar line. Um, another thing as well that I have to talk about that I really, really appreciated and I wish they would do, but they don't do anymore. Phone promos. Oh, yes. So I thought this was brilliant. They would do a promo for like uh, Sean Waltman. So the one, two, three kid, X-Pac uh, was on the phone. Uh, I'll give all his names. Six pack. Six pack. <laughs> we'll be here. Another we'll tier day. We'll be Tracky, here. All, tracky pack. <laughs> we'll be here all day if we do that. <laughs> Literally. Um, but like, I've never heard this before where instead of like having them in over like satellite or any other ways you'd have them in, he's on a phone. And uh, not a and phone. It, it sounds like he's in a bloody phone box. It's yeah. terrible. <laughs> it like it's like the worst it's, phone line ever. It's 1995, so it can't be a mobile. So no, so it has yeah, to be but, like a landline or a telephone somewhere it, in the middle of the It must literally be a phone box <laughs> up a mountain. <laughs> but I just think it really adds to it. It's like the thing about rate, like even doing this show, uh, when you have people in over the phone, it sounds more radio for some reason than people like talking in mics like we are. So. It's an aesthetic choice, but like this is just a technology not not being able to to, to no, reach what they're doing. There is a there is a a certain charm. There is a charm from, to it, yeah, from that era of wrestling. And it's actually something that people have recognised now. I don't know because I know you're you're only a a kind of a casual AW fan, so I don't know if you've watched any episodes of Collision. No. No, okay. Each episode of Collision starts with this, like, um, even before the music or anything, there's like an opening promo of the matches on the night. 
you know, and I'll be like, see, I'm oh, yeah. going, Jay yeah. White, I'm going to kick your ass, blah, blah. And it's all taken from Saturday night's main event or inspired by Saturday night's main event. Um, and it gives the whole show like this wonderful kind of uh, old style, almost territory feeling. Yeah, and that and that's exactly what this kind of feels like. Because as Double J and the Rowdy are coming down to the ring, the commentators are talking to the One Two Two Kid, and it just it just adds this air, this like feel to it, where you're like, this is way more interesting than them just inanely jabbering about nothing. It's it, it, it's so it's so simple, and it's such a it's such a basic way of communicating. But you're like. This is so much better than it should be. And he's on a phone. It's weird. And then at the same time, another thing that they do that I actually really like as well, the wrestlers then, so uh, Razor cuts a promo as Double J's in the ring and the music you can hear in the promo. So he's cutting it as it's happening. Like, yeah, okay, it's probably better to do it all broken up, but it makes everything a lot tighter. I actually wonder, <laughs> I wonder, is that, uh, so like if that was happening nowadays, like Vince would just be like, no, I, y- you need to be in the arena. Yeah. So I wonder, <laughs> is that like, a way of, I wonder, like, is that a way of, well, you were technically here, so you don't get paid. Maybe actually. I know. I still think he probably will get paid for that, but it's also like, no, Vince, my pizza. <laughs> <laughs> But we should say before before we move on to Double J versus not Double J Double J and almost world champion the roadie versus Razor Ramon uh, at the end of the Bret Hart match he defeated uh, Akushi like we both said really good match weirdly Bret jumps out of the ring and twists his his ankle or his knee as he's getting out of the ring like just wrestled this like Japanese lunatic and injures himself getting out of the ring and then has to hobble to the back and that'll that'll come into play later. So sorry to interrupt you there. No, no, that's fair. That's fair. And just before the next match, they make a whole thing to show all the letters. I have to say, gimmicky is all hell, but incredibly effective. It's a very, very cool visual. Isn't it? So these are all the letters from people who'd written in to enter the competition to buy the house or yeah. to win the house. And it, you're, you're 100% right. Huge pile. In, in fact, before they show the huge pile of letters, they show an armoured van being um, escorted by the police to the arena yeah. that's bringing the letters. It's Total. like Santa. It's like, <laughs> it's like Santa has like upgraded his yeah. security. Like <laughs> um, we're not messing the bell here. And they have they have as their uh, before they've picked a winner. Like say at the arena, they have the big pile of letters, and they have uh, eight Five or ten pops. police surrounding oh, yeah. them. Yeah, yeah. But the hilarious thing is that so. Before the main event, they pick the winner. So, pick the winner, and we'll talk about it later, blah, blah, blah. But someone's won, and that's great, and the competition's over. But at the end of the main event, (laughs) when Sid is walking back to the the, locker room, whatever, 
all the cops are still guarding the letters. <laughs> I'm like, the competition's over. Like, we're just guarding paper now. <laughs> the competition's over. Um, so look, this match is is pretty interesting. Uh, it has Jeff Jarrett like in his with my baby tonight phase. Um, so he's basically playing the character as a country move, uh, music star, which makes sense. Here's the thing about Jeff Jarrett, right? Jeff Jarrett's character makes no sense at all. The only time it makes sense was at this point, because all the stuff he does relates back to this. The same with the road dog. The road dog makes no sense either, but yeah. it does here because it's a, it, and even in this match, he's, he's a roadie. Yeah. Exactly. And Jeff and Jarrett, actually, country music star. Yeah, it's like that's why he carries the guitar around. It actually makes a lot of yeah. sense. It's yeah, like road dog means nothing, and slap nuts means means nothing. Well, look, okay, so Jeff Jarrett went from a country music star to misogynist to slap nuts to Triple H with guitars. Do you know, that that that's that's the air. That's that's where he is the arc. Do you know what this actually reminds me of? I don't of? understand. I don't know how that happened, but that's what happened to, to Jeff Jarrett. But honestly, do you know what this reminds me of? What? The Irish language. Oh. So if you take any place in Ireland. Ah, uh, yes. Nobber is a good example. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. Take yeah. any place in Ireland and what's its name? Like, uh, so I'm, I'm obviously I'm from uh, Armagh, so I'll say Cross McGlen. What does that mean? It means nothing. Cross Maglen, it's just a series of words. But it comes from the Irish, Christopher Glennon, which is Lennon's Cross. Mm. And apparently the name came because there was a, a man there, Lennon, who used to sell, like, just renowned around the whole country, just the best pachin, right? So there's a, a story there, and there's a... There's like a a genesis, an origin there. Of McGillicuddy. Of McGillicuddy. <laughs> but Oscailga in Irish, like there's a there's an it makes sense. And then when it moves, it's been anglicized and changed across. Yeah, it's, it's, it's just it's just a noise. It's and like Nobber. So, it used to be called Onobber, the place of the work. Of course, it used to be a big workplace there. Beautiful. Yeah. <laughs> but then it becomes Nobber. It means so, nothing. This is nonsense, yeah. So like yeah, it is like that in that when you look at the yeah. road dog. The road dog. The road, do- a dog yeah. that runs, so like a stray dog. It actually makes no sense unless you go back. And even in this match and in, yeah. and in your house too, they're like, oh, the road dog. You're like, oh and my even, God, it makes so much more sense. Exactly. Once you go to the origin, it makes sense. And even with Jeff Jarrett, when you go to the or him walking around, sm- why is he hitting people with a guitar? Exactly. It makes no sense. It makes no sense. Like, oh no, you have to go back to friggin' 1995 <laughs> <laughs> when he was a, a, a country, country music star, star that used yeah. to wear a, a hat that lit up. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's so funny. It's like how the yeah, it's so funny how how like those two specific characters held on to this period as their like roots, <laughs> and everything else just stems from it, you know. And they like they left everything else, like their whole everything about their gimmicks changed completely. As I said, Jeff Jarrett, like his next big role is misogynist. Yeah, and <laughs> the, the road dog, like he wouldn't even like when he 
fought the rock one-on-one -on -one and almost became the world champion at the height of the attitude era Former doesn't, number one even, contender. doesn't even recognize that literally he got into the business by being the roadie for you don't even think of country music stars as having roadies you think of no, roadies as like metal bands but yeah but hey music I mean, is like you know it's like acoustic like what's he roadying around like, but testing the mic yep yeah, fair enough. One, two. One, one two. That's it. Exactly. One, two. Uh, but yeah, so, oh, okay, we're almost at time, but we're not. So we, we can kind of go on. So really so quick. Before we go, was was Jeff Jarrett back? In, so this is his his uh, country music gimmick. Was he hitting yeah. people with guitars? No, he didn't do it. He, he oh only started. God, he, only, better. I, he only started <laughs> doing that when he was with Owen Hart. <laughs> And then he went into his feud with China, which was, you know, before he went to WCW. He only really started doing the guitar thing in WCW. <laughs> That's why it makes it When he wasn't the country music star. Oh, Amazing. My God. I love wrestling so much. You know what? I, like, I, I think I still have Jeff Jarrett on Skype, actually. I'm tempted to just email him and be like, listen, oh my God. come back on the show. Uh, we have loads of questions that are about this. I need... Let's really need, grill him. Let's I need to just know... That's like point, point a light directly in his face and really <laughs> why did you have the guitar? <laughs> oh, man. Why didn't your roadie have a name? <laughs> why do you need a roadie? <laughs> why, why do you need a roadie? <laughs> to carry your guitar that you didn't have. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so Razor comes out and it's the real Razor, not the not the fake Razor. Um because I've Huh? Praise be. Yeah, so it, was, it really was Razor Ramon. And they have a, an actual very, very good match. A very solid 12-minute match. Yep. Now, so it's, uh, we should we should say before you go on, this is not a one-on-one. -on -one. This is a no. handicap match. No. it's, it's But it's uh, a handicap match where they have to tag in and out. And it's also so, not for uh, the IC belt. Not for Double J's. Not for Jarrett's, yeah, intercontinental title, but it yeah. is Jarrett and the roadie versus Razor Ramon. But they have to Jarrett and the roadie have to tag in and out. And it is the first time that they've actually ever seen the roadie in the ring. They make a big point out of that. And it's the first time there's ever been a handicap match on uh, a WWF pay per view. That's true too. So a lot of firsts on the show. Do they still call it a handicap match? I think so. Oh. So again, they lean very heavy into Double J's um, Ric Flair-isms. So using the figure floor and the, the strut and all that kind of stuff. But if you notice when you're looking at um, Rody's gimmick, he's actually, or his attire, he's actually wearing what he would wear in the job squad before he was in <laughs> DX. So it's like he never actually really changed his gear that much. He just added some green to it, but he's just wearing his job, his job squad gear now. He literally just <laughs> limped into success, didn't he? It's incredible. It really is. It's like just... the bare minimum. The bare minimum. Because <laughs> nobody's going to call him like a like a technical master. Uh, I mean, he has the... He has I buckets mean, of charisma. Like well, He's so over, like. People say he has loads of charisma. People ah, say he, he has mic skills. He, but really what he had was a routine. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls. Like, 
Like ah, that's yeah. what he had. Also, Jeff Jarrett looks so weird with long hair, man. It's oh, so distracting. Now it's weird. It's not the the hat that lights up. All all of it, <laughs> all of it. The, everything is wearing the the little tassels and everything. Is, it's it's so, such a weird. I don't know how he was like. You know what? Yeah, this works. It's <laughs> the best. I think, honest to God, I think Jarrett is one of those. One of the few wrestlers who's actually better now in his 50s than he ever was in his prime. Look, I've always had a soft spot for Jeff Jarrett. Um, I think he's great. I think he's always been great. This is the weird period for Jarrett. You have survivor skills. You have a soft spot for anyone who was in TNA. Well, he started TNA, so it's his fault. Like, <laughs> he was the one that founded you, you, it. You have Stockholm Syndrome. <laughs> That's fair. That's fair. And on that note, folks, we're going to put a pin in it here for the Phoenix of M show. If you like this, thank you so much. Um, we do appreciate it. We're here next week. We're here every week uh, on Phoenix 92.5 FM. But um, you can get all of our shows. Uh, they're really racking up now, Martin. Um, over on TheWrestlingRewind.com, NerdTunnelMedia.com. Basically, anywhere podcasts are made available, Spotify, um, Apple Podcasts, still going to call it iTunes because that sounds better. And um, yeah, basically, they're all there for we, free. If We should have about, what is it, 140? But if we're doing the old WrestleMania number enhancing, we've got 7,000 shows. <laughs> Well, look, nearly two years of shows anyway with myself and Martin. So that, you know, that's what it is. And then a couple of more shows with Dave as well. Um, Again, like they're all there for free. You don't need to pay for anything, but you can support us via Patreon and give us a one, two, three kid euro. Uh, We would appreciate that. And uh, also you can go over to YouTube and get the shows there as well. So Martin, is there anything you want to plug before we uh, take a break here? Not at all. Uh, I just... Yeah, encourage people, if you've enjoyed the show, hop onto the Patreon. We really do. And we love the people of Phoenix FM, but once we hop onto the Patreon, this is really when the when the crack starts. Not, not the Patreon, the podcast. Once you hop onto the podcast, that's when the crack starts. And that's when it's in your house. In your house, <laughs> in your face, in your ears, in your exactly. other stuff we can't say until no. we're on the podcast. But we can assure you, we'll get right up in there. Exactly, exactly. So if, that, if that's called the Mark Madden hard sell, that's what that's called. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, folks, we'll be back after this break if you're listening to the podcast and next week here on Phoenix 92.5 FM. See you later, guys. <laughs> Thank you for listening to a Nerd to Know Media production. Welcome back to the Wrestling Rewind here on Phoenix 92.5 FM. Well, it's not. It's afterwards. Uh, and we're on NerdToNomedia.com, the WrestlingRewind.com. Yeah. And the True Penny channel. So thank you so much. No matter how you found us, how you listen to us, we do appreciate it. The best way you can help us out is by spreading the word of the show. Or you can give us a one, two, three kid euro or Virgil Tenor. And now, bear in mind that one, two, three kid 
like there's a number of numbers in there. You can send us one euro, you can send us two, you can send us three, you can send us 123, you can, you can add one, two, and three, get us six euro, or you know, if you're if you're not doing well, you can just add one and two, like wealth of options. You know what's crazy though? If you add one and two, you get three. If you add that to three, you get six. Yeah. There you go. Do you know if you add nine eleven up together? <laughs> Spells nine one one, or maybe I got that backwards. <laughs> there was some conspiracy I, I, back I did, back I did in not, the day. I did not know where you were going with that. I was like, <laughs> but then I remembered it's not on the radio, so it's okay. <laughs> yes, no, but I know, but it's not one of those like mad racist conspiracies. It's not one of those like, do you know, like no Jewish people went to work on nine eleven. Oh it's, it's not like one of those. <laughs> it's just a weird numerical thing. Like I can't remember what it is. If you add up all the numbers so what would it be like no it becomes the number 23 doesn't it i think it does uh, yeah it's one of those weird one of those mad idi- idiot cons- it's one of those idiot conspiracy theories but not one of those racist conspiracy <laughs> theories ah uh, yes the good kind the just crazy not racist <laughs> that's what you want that's a sweet spot <laughs> uh, all right so before <laughs> exactly <coughs> you so, want um Jet fuel can't melt steel beams. You don't want jet fuel can't kill Jews. You know? <laughs> okay. Oh, James, I'm so sorry. Uh, <laughs> oh, but this is, by the way, we're just, um, these are just some of the lunatic things that were said. We don't endorse or believe any of these. No, of course not. Of course not. Of course not. Um, Although see, it is true that jet fuel actually can't kill Welsh people. Really? Just saying, the Welsh got overlooked. Nine Eleven happened, and nobody looked at Wales. Yeah, but Wales is like very small. I mean, every time I go through Wales, I get scared by the sign for the toilet because it's like twenty-seven letters. There you go. Yeah. Maybe they didn't like that there were buildings taller than their words. <laughs> we have to get even somehow, right? No. Is that what they were thinking? I'm just right, saying. So. I'm just asking questions. Asking, that was at South Park, wasn't it? <laughs> just asking questions. Just asking questions. What, oh. I, what I will say as well is, um, well, this was uh, Jeff Jarrett and the roadie versus Razor Ramon. It was a decent, it wasn't a great match, It was, but it was a decent match. Uh, yeah. What I will say about it is, oh my God, before he became crippled by drugs and drink, Razor Ramon was a fucking powerhouse because he hoofs Jarrett and the roadie up for um, the Razor's Edge in an incredibly impressive move. Yeah. Like when it's it's not being done from the turnbuckle or anything. Like he literally hoists these grown men on his shoulder and then he repositions them and then he just lifts them up with his arms. And like there's no... When you're in that position, like... There's nothing they can do to make themselves lighter. They can't like jump or go with the lift or anything like that. He is literally just sandbagging these wrestlers but when over you think, his head. But when you think about it, like the only other guy who really does that move nowadays is Seamus, and Seamus is huge. Oh, tank. So really, when you think about it, for some reason, when you see Razor Ramon or Scott Hall, you think he's a small guy. He's not. <laughs> He's not, oh. you know, he really isn't. And it's only, I th- you know what I think it is? I think because he's around Kevin Nash all the time. 
Yes. That's probably what it is. You're like, oh, he's not that big. And you're no, like, wait, no, an Kevin Nash. Man. Yeah. He could barely fit into my, whenever I took him around Cork, he could barely fit into my Hyundai i30. Like really? He, he had to jag the seat like as back as far as it would go. Wow. To make room for himself and his giant spliff. <laughs> but he was what I will say and I've, I've told this story a hundred times in this and I don't care I'm going to tell it again uh, a genuinely really nice guy so happy to give you any advice so happy to tell you about whoever you liked back in the day like what was Goldberg like what was Bret Hart like what was Diesel like what was... and I'm sure he's had to tell this same story to 100 people, but very happy to sit and chat to you. Really nice guy. Yeah, that's what it's all about. I mean, that's always really good to hear. Uh, at the end of this match, obviously, Scott Hall uh, won as Razor Ramon. We had a bunch of run-ins. Uh, so I, one of them was... Uh, Aldo Montoya. What? And Al- no, wait. Not Aldo Montoya. Who was the second guy who came in? Aldo Montoya came in in the second guy. Aldo Montoya came in and then it was not only it was it wasn't Xbox. Um not Sorry, only it was did no, one in, but it was the debut of Savio Vega. Is that who that was? But see, here's why it's so weird that you're confused. Because this guy ran in and the commentators didn't know who he was. They the way they were reacting was like, oh my God, some man has just jumped in the, like they weren't going like, that's Savio Vega. That's, that's Razor Ramon's friend. That's, he's not supposed to be here. They're just like, oh my God, some man has just jumped in. <laughs> some man has just jumped in. No wonder they had like people jumping the barricade over the years. <laughs> it's like, you've given the impression that this is the way to get a contract. And go backstage. <laughs> I think um I think the most bizarre one. Have you ever heard the story of the guy who jumped in the ring with sorry, Randy Orton? Sorry, sorry, one second, right? So uh, as uh Sabu Vega's been let out, right? The set is the house, right? And there's this very funny visual of like your woman and your man and a bunch of police at their house door. <laughs> And it looks like Sophia Vega has been arrested in someone's house. And it's like, what is going on? Maybe, maybe, maybe it's a commentary on racial relations in America. Maybe it's Savio Vega's house. It's like, why am I being arrested? I was just standing outside my own house. Uh, and then, although I have to say, there's a funny, uh, like an actual funny promo for King of the Ring. And it's like all knights fighting and stuff. And it's like way more creative than... WWE would ever be again with oh these kind of God. things. This whole show is full of the most ridiculous, like hilariously creative promos. So, I mean, you might as well address it now because, like, we we land on the main event after also, the main. Jerry Jerry King Lawler also has a mullet as well. Oh, <laughs> but this is one like we'd be quicker naming the people who don't have mullets. Walt Wall Mullet, Wall, in, mullet, mullet in your house. Mullet mania. <laughs> mullet mania. What but, um, mullet, why were mullets a thing? What's going on? I, it's nineties America. Who knows? I don't know what's going on? The, the mullet was it ever a thing in Ireland? Yeah, I saw one with, with it, someone with the other day, and I was really confused by it. No, but like in the nineties, was it like? Man, I don't do know. The way, 
I was like, nowadays? Like, I don't uh, know. I was like seven. We need to watch Reeling in the Ears and see if there's <laughs> see if there's not a mullets on it. But <laughs> but at the end of the main event, right? So just jump to this now. It the main event happens and then it cuts to this advert and it's these two aliens in a spaceship. Yes. And one of them goes, these people cannot be trusted. They have lost all right to existence. They destroy their landscape. They poison their air. They ruin their waters. And I'm like, whoa, like Greenpeace took an ad out on in your house or <laughs> You know, this is mad. They poison their waters. They poison the land. They cut down the trees. They destroy animals, blah, blah, blah. And then the other alien goes, but hold on. They have merit. There are ones amongst them who are virtuous. And then it just cuts to like images of Bret Hart in the ring. <laughs> Spark plug. And go on. There is a place called the WWF. <laughs> These people may yet be redeemed. <laughs> And then the other one goes, uh, okay, we will not destroy this planet. We will check back in 100 solar cycles. And then the spaceship takes off and a big up on the screen, <laughs> right, and comes up saying, WWF, we save the world, probably. <laughs> <laughs> what? The, what the fuck? <laughs> this is mental. <laughs> But you think maybe if those aliens came back and you saw what Vince did, they're like, we should have. Like, the aliens came back, we were going to destroy the world, but then we saw you had one of our people, Max Moon. <laughs> Vince just having sex with the aliens, being like, I have a way. Oh, and then denying it, and then being <laughs> quiet. <laughs> but do you know what? Allegedly. It's like you were saying at the start, this is... The whole show is so catchy and so camp. It it works. It's, it's wonderful though. It's like yeah, it, it's just one of these. It, yeah, that's it. It's just so <laughs> kitschy and so like I don't know. You know, people are like, "Oh, I want the attitude there. Oh, it's brilliant. The blood." I'm like, "Yeah, man, that was great." But this is like really fun. Like, I mean, I'd watch this now. You know, because it doesn't tend to be anything that it. I was at a circus during the week uh, last weekend, right? And it was the first time ever that it actually hit home that wrestling is so carny. You know, because effectively, wrestling is a circus. It's the exact same thing. They come out, they have music, it feels like it. The only thing that's different is there's no ring, right? And I'm like, circus literally has a ring. Yeah, no, but you know what I mean, though. There's not like there's no ropes with the you know. Yeah, there's not, not a wrestling ring like a. But yeah, you're right. There isn't a squared circle. There's an actual circle, and I mean, when you see it, you're like, whoa, this makes a lot of sense. And I think this kind of show lends, like, it just kind of works perfectly. Because look, the talent on the show wasn't great. Let's yeah. be real. There's no match that I'm going to sit back and go, oh, I can't wait to watch Mabel and Adam Bomb again. You know. <laughs> Well, yeah, because it's only going to take you 90 seconds. Yeah, but even then, those 90 seconds could be used doing literally anything else. But you know uh, what? I would I'd say Bret Hart Akushi was was a good match, but just a good match. Like, not... Like, it was a good match here, you'd expect Matt, on Raw. But where else, you, where, else, where else are you going to get cops walking Aldo Montoya away <laughs> in front of a house? It just looks so... It, 
hilarious. This is this is why this pay per view is worth watching. It's for everything except except the wrestling. Exactly. It's like what were you thinking? Like the, it, it, the promos are nuts. The video uh, segments are lunatics. The the advertisements that they put in it are just bizarre. Like everything about this pay per view is worth watching, except the wrestling, which is largely terrible. You know. Uh, when uh, speaking of commentators, so there's a bit just before uh, the Mabel match where Vince and Doc are, you know, obviously recapping what's going on. And there's this little douchebag behind um, behind Doc's, right? And he's just the weirdest looking kid in the world. And there's just this big black gloved hand that comes off, <laughs> like smacks him out of the way. He's <laughs> <laughs> just like whack. <laughs> it's just like oh, was so he in funny. the crowd? Yeah, no, because you know the way like with the commentators, he's like literally yeah. set beside behind the commentators, and you can but, just but in his, the crowd, in the crowd, yeah, okay. And he, like he's just giving so much shit to the camera, like with his little flag or something, and he just gets really, really aggressive at one point, and then just just this black hat, gloved hand comes over and like <laughs> hits him out of the way. <laughs> Black glove, who would that have been? Maybe Bad News Brown used to wear one glove. No, it's just one of the security, obviously, just wearing a black glove. But it's just hilarious. And he's just like, oh. Bad News Brown. Bad News Brown. Oh, man. Um, Would you buy a Brehart t-shirt, one size fit all, $20? How bizarre is this? So there's an ad in the middle of the pay-per-view. That shirt looks massive. It looks like a tent. This new Brehart t-shirt. And it's, it's called an all print t-shirt because it's not just a print on the front there's stuff on the back as well so it's it's a t-shirt then and it's one size fits all what do you mean one size fits all was it elastic or something no it's just huge it's just huge (laughs) it's just it's massive (laughs) so it'll technically fit everyone as long as you know your shoulders aren't narrower than the neck hole. <laughs> Our logic is it will fit everybody by fitting nobody. Our logic is that we can defend one size fits all in court. <laughs> <laughs> Your Honor, you see, technically it does. <laughs> Although you got to say, uh, like a massive like double XL Bret Hart t-shirt for twenty dollars, you wouldn't get it now. Yeah, what well, is it? Just for inflation, that was probably like forty or fifty dollars. Yeah, at the time. Realistically, yeah. yeah. So Mabel comes out right, and this is before I think it's before Mabel won King of the Ring, wasn't it? So this is a King of the Ring qualifier. Yeah, so this would be the one that he won, and he's booked like an absolute animal, but he's atrocious. And you know what? I feel bad for Adam Bomb because I'm like, man. You're the definition of a boy, of a book. Sorry, sorry. Of a bookily. Legally distinct bookily. Legally. (laughs) (laughs) But but he's mad over. He is. But he's also like, you're going to get absolutely killed. (laughs) And he does. He's one of those guys that I don't think you know what they had. Because he comes out and the crowd. I love his pyro. I love his little pyro where it's a mushroom cloud. Oh, oh I literally have that in my notes. Yeah. Oh, Adam Bomb mushroom cloud. <laughs> Listen, you said we wanted to make a definitive list, a bookly list. Adam Bomb is now after this top of that list. 
Oh, he has to be. And and it's it's not even his fault. So no, like, it's um, really not. Because right, so it's a King of the Ring qualifier. King of the Ring is next month. Mabel versus Adam Bomb. Adam Bomb is out and gets Hold on. sorry. Stop, yeah. stop the lights. Stop the lights. Right. <laughs> we have encountered Mr. Adam Bomb before. Do you know who he actually was? I did. I was about to talk about. He's oh, uh, go on. Wrath from Chronic. He's Wrath from Chronic. So I was gonna. (laughs) (laughs) You never get away. (laughs) The radiation after an atom bomb hangs around for years. (laughs) But um, but here's the thing: is he's he's genuinely over. Like he comes out and the crowd pops. He jumps in the ring. Genuinely impressive pyro. There's like a an explosion goes off behind him and creates a literal. No, a small, cloud. but a literal mushroom cloud. I love it. I love it, man. I would be. <laughs> Why did he stop doing this? This is like the best. I don't think it was ever. him. He just he was just constantly booked to lose. So he's in here with Mabel, who, let's remember, pre Viscera, he's not even a singles. He's a tag team wrestler, right? Yep. So sorry, he's in there. sorry. I have to call out the sign. <laughs> There's this lad, right? And he looks like Billy from from Power Rangers, but it's not. And he has this sign that he made himself, and it's the saddest sign in the world. It's like an A4 sheet, and it says, he's a grown man, by the way. He's like at least 40. Adam Bomb, king of the ring. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, and he's holding it with, with such... Such like purpose, pride, pride. <laughs> like I brought my own sheet of paper. <laughs> well, now hold on, 1995. How, how prevalent were printers? Maybe, maybe it was difficult to get a hold of an A4. No, but it's it, it it's like it's a like a stencil. He probably used you know what uh, Spirograph. You know, he makes it there, make it. His wife just leaves him. It's like, listen, Barry, I'm sick of this. All you do is sit there with your spirograph making Adam Bomb signs. Why did you go marry Adam Bomb? Because, <laughs> you know, the look on that man's face is he's been through some stuff. So, I'm sorry, I had to call that out. <laughs> oh, I wonder where he is now. <laughs> Divorced. <laughs> Just hugging a, a chronic like, shirt. <laughs> but this match lasts for a minute and a half. Uh, and it's actually, and again, fair play to Adam Bomb. It's actually the only exciting bits of this match come from him. So he does a class uh, kind of elbow where he knocks Mabel out of the ring. Then yeah. he leaps over the top rope. Then he does like a top rope clothesline. Like, and he's not there. He is, he is doing. All the work. And he's not dead either. He's still alive. Yeah. (laughs) However, however, (laughs) what? However, um, (laughs) so he, in 2020, uh, in February, he was uh, arrested, indicted on five felony charges. Oh, no. Including conspiracy. Drug possession, illegal control, well, enterprise. Drug possession, chronic. We'd expect Tra- drug possession. Transporting, selling narcotics, possession of a weapon during a drug offence. He pleaded not guilty on July 18, 2021. All charges dismissed by prosecution motion. Oh, Case so he's not guilty. Out. So he's not guilty. So yeah. fair play to him. So here's what needs to happen. 
needs to bring this back. AEW, one last run, brother. Well, call, it, call he... him Nuke. <laughs> <laughs> but here's the thing. So, like, look, I, I'm not going to claim Adam Bomb was, or, or Wrath from Chronic was the greatest <laughs> wrestler. But in this match, he's definitely the workhorse. Like, oh, he's yeah. doing he's doing all the work. Like Mabel is getting hit and like taking a bump and then having himself a good wee snooze. Mm. Um, so in the last, like I said, the, the match is about 90 seconds. In the last maybe 15 seconds of it, um, he, uh, Adam Bomb gets whipped into the corner tries to do a reversal but he can't do a reversal and then one of the one of the calls of the night Mabel does like a a kind of a Pele Pele kick and I mean when I say that sentence he does a kind of a Pele kick the key words in there are kind of like <laughs> very much kind of and um Doc Hendrickson uh, and Vince are just raving. And Vince is going, unbelievable. Forget about it. And Doc Hendricks said, he's 6'8, he's 500 pounds, and he's able to move like that. And I'm sitting going, move like what? Because he falls backward and his foot <laughs> barely about reaches his hip. Like, <laughs> like he doesn't do a pelle kick and take the head off him. Like, he, he rolls over and his foot glances Adam Bomb's, like, just above his knee. <laughs> I do have some good news. What? Brian Clark owns the trademark, the Chronic, Adam Bomb, and Rat. Good man. So, so, so he so does we, the the autograph signing circuit. Yeah, he does. So we need to get on to Tony. Be like, listen, here's what you do. <laughs> get that little miniature nuke. Like, for oh, Tony, war in Ukraine, Adam <laughs> Bomb has never been more relevant. <laughs> <laughs> but what oh, I will say know. is, look, nobody's going to argue. Hold on, <laughs> hold on, hold on. Have him feud with Mirko. There you go. Miro. Miro, there you go. Mirko. Mirko. Have him feud. And then there you go. Right itself. <laughs> But what I, what I what I will say is, look, nobody's going to say Adam Bomb is, you know, on the Mount, Mount Rushmore of wrestling. I'm, he, he, you know what he is? <laughs> Top Oakley. Top, but he's uh, on the, <laughs> the sleeve bully. <laughs> um, but uh, look, he is the one who works his arse off in this match. And we did, I don't know, felt like 10 years of a WCW arc and Chronic were consistently good. Like, we would watch these WCW pay-per-views when the company was just flailing and there were very few moments on it that were genuinely consistently good and Chronic was always, like, Never five stars, never the best thing of the night. But Reliable, Chronic though. was always, yeah, exactly. You'd watch Chronic match and you go, that was that was a nice reprieve from yeah. the shit fest. <laughs> Mercifully, this is over. <laughs> but it was good. So, so 
Yeah. Okay. What's his name? Brian Adams, is it? Uh, yeah. Good man, Brian Adams. So we get we have our next match, yeah. and it's Owen Hart and Yokozuna. Now Yokozuna is at his heaviest here. He is holy, oh, holy god. Yeah. So what people might not know is Yokozuna struggled with his weight, and he just refused to lose weight. So instead of like firing him, they just moved him to a tag team with Owen Hart, who could do all the work, and that's what they did. Um, all the work. And it's Yokozuna does like literally nothing in this he match. And he's still gassed. He can't do any man. He's just so heavy, like he really is. And apparently he just didn't want to lose the weight, which contributed to his very, very, very early death. Um apparently WWF sent him and Vader off to a weight loss camp at one stage <laughs> and both of them came back heavier. <laughs> Apparently they used to break out in the middle of the night. They had the energy for that. Apparently <laughs> they used to break out in the middle of the night and there was like a <laughs> like a chicken takeaway that was oh, like man. a bit of a bit of mile from the, <laughs> from the fat loss camp. And they used to whenever it was lights out, they would break out and go there and just like <laughs> spend hundreds of dollars just <laughs> eating their own weight and fried chicken. Oh my and, God. <laughs> go back to the fat loss cap. <laughs> oh my god, that's hilarious! It's also really sad and upsetting, but it's actually hilarious as well. It is because I mean, like, I don't have as much of an attachment to Yokozuna, but uh, uh man, Vader. When Vader had, you have to love the hustle though. <laughs> it's like a great escape. Like, <laughs> if you put this level of effort into just doing some exercise, like <laughs> you know, and like. Eating just not three hundred dollars worth of chicken, like it. <laughs> it is in this match though. You're watching it. Yokozuna starts the match off, does two strikes, tags on in, and is gassed oh, for the he's entire out. match. Like, he's, <laughs> he's done. He's out. By the time he walks from the locker room to the ring, he's like he's already at fifty percent. Like he's, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and and the thing is that. Like this isn't a great match, um, but there's there's really good stuff in it, and it's all from the guns and Owen. Yep. And so whenever it's the guns and Owen, this is this is decent match. And we have the return of the smoking guns. So BA Billy Gunn and Bodacious Bart. Oh, Bodacious Bart! Poor man <laughs> had no idea what was coming. <laughs> Who won the brawl for all? Obviously. Uh and yeah, so there you go. What did they call him in Bra for all the end of it? The hammer? Oh Bart the hammer gun or something. The yeah, anvil. Something yeah. like that. <laughs> he went from Bodacious Bart to Bart Gun to to um Yeah, I think it was like the hammer or the anvil or they give him some really cool name. And then he goes back to being back up. And then he just got clapped and he just went back to being. It's like that bit from Simpsons. Bart you know, the bum. You know, where it's like, they used to call me kid, you know, kid beautiful, kid gorgeous, and then kid mo. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, it was kid gorgeous, kid kid presentable, and then kid mo. And that happened with Bart Gun. It's like, Bart Gun. Bart. It's like, the, Bart, the anvil gun, Bart Gun. <laughs> she used to call me. Brett the Hitman, and then they called me 
Brett the, the man. kneecapper. <laughs> and then they called me Brett the tickler. <laughs> and then Brett the man. <laughs> Brett the man. <laughs> and then just Brett. <laughs> and then he you find bushes. <laughs> but, uh, um, yeah, like I was saying, this is, uh, if you remove Yokozuna from the equation, uh, this is no kid. There's some really good spots in here, some really good tag team stuff coming from Guns, and some obviously really good, like, uh, solo stuff coming from Owen. But, uh, it's good in the context of this pay-per-view. It's it's not something that I would go back and watch. Well, Martin, you also, um, you have a better MMA record than Barkun. What? Yeah, Barkun is uh, one on one. <gasps> he did, yeah. so what was, what was his MMA? When did he do MMA? So he was in Pride. I thought you're you're not. I was like, you're not counting like like a lion's cage match or something. No, no. <laughs> a lion's dead match. A lion's dead match. <laughs> uh, no, he actually he wrestled or he fought at Pride. Um. So yeah, one in Japan and then that no, that was in that was in Japan and then for an event called or O T R. So he has one loss by decision and then one TKO. Do you know, like, I know for a long time we've talked about how we're going to do, like, a kind of a book about the best wrestling signs, like, the fans hold up. But the more the more we talk about it, the more I think we should do a book on all the wrestlers that I have a better MMA record than. <laughs> I mean, there's a fair amount, man. <laughs> yeah, Butterbean never knocked me out. That... <laughs> I'm pretty He's sure I could go more than one round with Butterbean. Like, and now I would go it by just running around the place and not letting them anywhere near me. That's fair. That was that was uh, Bart Gunn's big mistake. <laughs> yeah, he, he tried to box him. He tried to box him. It's like, ah, oh, it's stupid, buddy. Don't do that. Don't do that. He will get knocked out. Um, yeah, but like in this match specifically, the best thing that, that are done, um, it's it's by the guns and by. Um, by Owen which is really sad it's like yeah. I feel bad I feel bad for Owen Hart because it's like you literally carried this entire oh, match he deserved you, the entire team like he deserved so much better you know so this finish came kind of kind of out of nowhere really um, it was a distraction set up and then Owen uh, basically got the got the pin after Yokozuna had done something to to facilitate it it wasn't great it was actually very disappointing oh. And it was it was this kind of stuff that um <clears throat> sorry, excuse me. It was this kind of stuff that had Owen thinking I'm kind of done with wrestling. Yeah. And he was gonna go and become a fireman. And he'd actually had like an interview and done tests with uh one one of the branches of the Canadian uh fire service. Like he was just he was sick of because he was so talented and he had so much to offer. And they kept just giving him crap. Uh, yeah, he was going to quit wrestling. That's one of the horrible ironies of history that if he had, he'd probably still be alive. Yeah. So we have a, a quick promo with um, Big Daddy Diesel. It's not a good <laughs> promo. It really isn't. Um, isn't, it, isn't it so weird to see Diesel being like a smiling white meat 
baby face. It just doesn't suit him. No, it really doesn't. Um, and then we have a very disappointing his, man. But before you go on, like, so his actual promo is uh, is about how it's Mother's Day. So this yep. pay-per-view is taking place on Mother's Day. And apparently his mother had died the year before. Oh, God, yeah. It was very sad. And like, doesn't matter how big you are, you know, your ma dies, you're going to be devastated. Uh but uh, it just <laughs> wasn't in keeping with the character <laughs> or like what we know nowadays as Kevin Nash. Like <laughs> it's just, it's just bizarre. So Jerry Jer- King Lawler introduces his mother. Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> and it's not his mother. No. Well, how do you know it's not his Dara, come on. How do you know it's not his mother? Because she's like 20 years younger than him. Easily 20 years <laughs> younger. And she's wearing a dress with a slit up the side that goes up to her throat. Yeah. Uh, it's, although I have to say, I mean, watching this makes way more sense, you know, with Jerry Lawler being the commentator. Like, he was never anything else but this. And I'm like, it actually, again, I think everything, all the weird stuff that happens in WWE, you know, from this point on, is rooted in this era. What's he like? So I get, I get the joke. It's like Jared Orr coming out going, "This is my mother." It's obviously not his mother. Blah blah blah. It's hilarious. It's hilarious. What, what's it? What's the joke here? So Jerry Lawler is saying, "My <laughs> mother is a hot twenty-something-year-old woman. I want to bang my ma." Is that? <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Is that what it? Like, think, what? Yeah. So yeah. what, are you, what are you trying to tell me here, Jerry? <laughs> like, Jerry, what's going on, buddy? Buddy, listen. This come is on. A, this is an Oedipus situation here? Like, are we, <laughs> we going to get Greek? Or <laughs> I don't know. Uh, In your Coliseum? Like, what's... <laughs> Coliseum video was what it was put out on. It's it, never, all, it, all, it all ties in. It's never referred to again, though. You know, like she's just kind of there. It's just like a one note thing, and it goes back well, to Brett who cuts at, at the end him. of the match. He does kind of lead her back to the locker room, or back lead her back behind the curtain, like to safety, uh, and presumably uh, to incest. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like you see her a little bit during the match, but it's not like she has any other role other than. And the commentators aren't like, "Oh, that's his mother." You know, no. The commentators are like, "That can't be his mother." You're like, oh, really? Really, <laughs> Vince? You're not convinced, Vince? <laughs> Is this unbelievable? This 45 year old man <laughs> and his 20 year old mother, <laughs> <laughs> fucking Jerry Christ. <laughs> oh. Jerry, you know, the king of the Jews. <laughs> you know what's weird, right? <laughs> oh, God. Um, when there's... The only thing that really takes you out of this, uh, watching these shows in this time, right? It's not so much anything that happens in the ring. It's like the technology. When you see people just get one of the like the disposable cameras or the flick cameras to take a picture, you're like, oh, God, this was like 30 years ago. Because, <laughs> you know, and that, there, it's weird. But they're so great because of the the flash. Yeah. Like whenever a big moment happens and you see like 200 flashes, and it looks amazing. 
Yeah, like you don't get that now with with modern cameras. No, 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 you don't. It, actually, it's more weird if someone has a camera because you're like, "What are you doing? Like, use your phone, like a normal person." <laughs> Um, but yeah, look, this match wasn't great. Uh, Jerry Lawler would get the win after like a lot of shenanigans from uh, Hakushi, who basically, you know, ran that's, in and... yeah, ran in and, and did the whole uh, TNA run in nonsense. Um, so yeah, that's but it was, what it was. But it know? was bizarre for more reasons because remember earlier we talked about how Bret Hart beat Hakushi and then he climbed out of the ring and then pretended he banjacked his knee. Hmm. And he was limping around and he limped backstage and then he did a promo where he was limping and holding his knee. And then, so Jerry Lord comes out with his inverted commas mother <laughs> uh, and it cuts backstage to Bret Hart going, oh, hey, hey, Jerry, I got a surprise for you. And he's like jogging on the spot. He's going, ha ha, I was joking the whole time about my knee. And I'm yeah. like, why... Why not do that in the match with Hakushi? Why why not pretend that during the match Hakushi did something that hurt your knee? Why pretend that you hurt your knee getting out of the ring? Like I don't know. Man. And then and then do this ruse to lose anyway. <laughs> what make what makes it what makes it even worse? Like so that's questionable. The promo that Sid cuts at directly after the match is the most bizarre thing I have seen in a long time. Well, the, the camera is <laughs> shoved into his face and he's just vibrating. <laughs> well, here's here's what is going on. Here's where it's about. Uh, it's about. Um, Being comparative, like keeping things on an even keel. So what I what I actually have in my notes is surprisingly competent promo from Sid. <laughs> because the last time we did a show, we did a show a couple of weeks ago where Sid Vicious did a promo. It was the most rambling nonsense. Well, like, I can't remember what it was. Actually, maybe I have it here in my notes. But you remember um, I did a literal word for word rereading <laughs> of what the Sid Vicious promo was because I didn't want to oversell it. I didn't want people to think I was like joking or being hyperbolic. It was literally nonsense. Yeah. Um, so I was like, look, this was bizarre. And the camera zoomed right, like like you were saying, it got closer and closer into his eyeball the whole time he was talking. But I was like, this made sense he didn't forget his words and he didn't start saying random words that don't make any sense because he didn't say that many words at all he just uh, he just started vibrating well there you go it's like uh, accentuate the positives <laughs> hide, the, hide the negatives it's like say not so good at words pretty good at shaking uncontrollably <laughs> <laughs> but I did notice something uh, on a rewatch here so remember I said that young fella who was like in the back uh, so it would cut back to Vince and Doc, right? That young fella has been replaced by a very angry looking black man. So, <laughs> but I told you, bad news, Brown. So they have kicked, <laughs> they have kicked that kid out who was like harassing him and replaced him with a very serious looking African American lad. Ugh. Like everyone else is still there, except for that kid who was like trying to touch Doc's. 
What? Yeah, is that what it was? What was he? What was he doing? I don't know what he was doing, but he got his ass kicked out. <laughs> so that's what happened. God, when when uh, in the first match when Brett got knocked off the ring, it's mad. It's so mad how it's 1995 and Diesel is the world champion and Brett is opening the show and in a match with Jerry Lawler because Brett is so insanely over. Like, he's mega over. Like, even when he's not there. So during Hakushi's entrance, everyone is chanting, we want Brett. Then mm. when the hitman comes out, the pop is insane. And when Brett gets knocked off the ring by Hakushi and into the uh, guardrail, like, it's like, um, do you remember the Undertaker's entrance? I think it was, was it WrestleMania 25 where he had all the hands coming out and grabbing him yeah, as he yeah. walked the ring. Brett hits the guardrail and that's what it's like. All these hands just come out just to touch him. And he's like lying there, like rolling around, grabbing his shoulders. Like, Jesus, <laughs> he's, he's in pain. Um, it's just so bizarre that so do you, do Brett you know, is so over. Do you know what's more bizarre than that? The next segment. <laughs> what have we got? Oh, is this the is this the house? This is this is the house. Yeah. So <laughs> I mean, this whole segment is so bizarre. Uh, they take out these big rakes. They start raking through the letters. And I mean, I, I mean, you know, I know they brought back your man for like the NXT eventually, but this this woman they should have brought back too because as a couple. These guys are phenomenal. Oh, definitely. Uh, so they have like these independent auditors to make sure it's not rigged. So I guess, you know, they were legit. And they pick out this person and call them. And your man's like, are you joking with me? And he's like, no, 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 seriously. You want to? He starts screaming. Um, and what I love, the fact is when they announced that he won, they're like, pending verification, you have won. <laughs> <I'm> like, what? <laughs> Why are they verifying? You're actually a person. You're not just a random number, but um, I mean, make sure that this isn't three crocodiles in a suit. <laughs> what a, you know what they should do though? Like again, all joking aside, they should do this. This is the thing they should do. WWE solves, you know, like the ad where it like saves humanity. WWE solves the housing crisis. <laughs> you know, WWE solves the housing crisis. Uh, parentheses for one person. <laughs> for one person. <laughs> Pending verification. <laughs> uh, okay. WWE buys an apartment in Dublin. Just buy your tickets to the show. Parentheses. Tickets are six hundred ninety-nine euro a month. <laughs> <laughs> tickets. Tickets are a percentage of your wage that will be deducted from your account for the next ten years. <laughs> so the only time that uh, the crowd actually kind of gets very sign-heavy is in the main event, and the main event is very like look. I get Sid Vicious. I'm like, okay, cool. Uh, Diesel probably was the right choice to to give the belt to. But, my God. This main event. It's well, So, this is, another, this is another one of the moments when the commentary really hit me. Uh, so, Diesel comes out and Vince is like, oh my God, unbelievable. This crowd is going insane for world champion Diesel. And I'm sitting there going, why are you lying to me? I can hear it. <laughs> they are not. Go he got the exact same kind of muted pop that Sid got. He got the same <laughs> kind of pop. Different, 
they're indifferent like, to both. <laughs> like he was like the was nowhere near Bret Hart's. Like he was like a fraction of Bret Hart's pop. He was like on par with like Lawler and Adam Bomb got a bigger pop. Tell me like, that's who should have been the world champion. But what a bit, well, do you know what? It would have made more sense, wouldn't it? Um, but you have to remember, so I'm watching this and I'm going, why is Vince putting all these fat, useless fuckers on? And it's because this is post-steroid uh, scandal. So we can't have huge muscle-bound guys, but Vince still has his thing for huge guys. So huge is huge, and if he can't have huge muscle bound, that's why he has fucking Mabel and yeah. fucking Yokozuna on the show. And the only mystery, like the only thing that I can't figure out is if Vince was like so rock hard for huge gays, why was he shagging Shawn Michaels, the skinniest <laughs> gay on the, on the roster? Allegedly. Well, it's, it's the podcast. I don't think we need that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my God. Maybe he was worried he couldn't perform with Yokozuna. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Okay. So, look, uh, Diesel were defeated in this match by disqualification. It, it really wasn't much to write home about. Uh, overall, I thought the show was quite good. If if middling, uh, it was worth fifteen dollars. But here's but, the not a bad but, start. But what about this? Like, so it's a brand new pay per view. You're kicking off this brand new pay per view. You're trying to tell people that it's important, that it's something worth signing up for. And then your world title match is like, like whether the match itself is good or not is subjective. Like, I didn't like it. You didn't like it. Most people in the world didn't like it. But that's entirely subjective. Um, but. I guarantee you if Dave was here, I guarantee you he'd be like, oh, this was the best match ever, Darren. What are you talking about? He'd be like, I was thoroughly sports entertained. (laughs) (laughs) Dave, don't take that as an insult. We love you. We do. Uh, But we know what you're like. (laughs) But there was, so the network has changed. You used to be able to skip forward in the network by 10 seconds. And for some reason now, they've changed that you can only skip forward by 30 seconds, right? So I'm sitting watching this match and at one stage Sid gets uh, Diesel in a camel clutch and I skip forward 30 seconds and he's still in the camel clutch and I skip forward 30 seconds and he's still in the camel clutch. He's and in it for ages. He's in that thing for minimum three minutes. Yeah. Three, and then and yeah. three minutes in a wrestling match is an eternity. Is a, a, it's like if you're a stand-up comic and you say nothing for three minutes. It's an eternity. Yeah. It's just uh at one stage Sid does a choke slam on uh, Diesel. And again, I use I use the same air quotes for choke slam that I did for Jerry Lawler's mother. It's <laughs> the most bit bizarre version of a choke that makes no physical sense you just, I, I don't know how to describe it you just can't have to see it like Sid grabs him by the throat so we get stopped it right and then he just kind of moves to the side and puts one arm out it's 
it's just, it just doesn't make any sense. Both of these lads were just like, I can't wait to go and get some beers afterwards. Oh, that's no. all. Yeah, that's sure. all this was. And it's a oh. shame because, I mean, it, it was the main event, but there was nothing main um, or or event worthy about it. It was just a thing that happened. No. It was like, uh, do you remember when we did <laughs> Sid versus Vader, the battle of the power bombs, and neither of them did a <laughs> did power, a power bomb. bomb? Yeah. Well, now we know why. Because yeah. Sid did a shitty power bomb. Yeah. And then uh, Diesel did a. I don't know if, even know if it was his fault, but he did a shitty jackknife because Sid basically lands on his ass. Yeah. Uh, and then the. But the worst part is that you're selling this new pay per view. You're trying to tell people that this is something worth watching. You've got a main event between two of your biggest guys. And you ended with a stupid fucking run-in from Tatanka. Like, if you want to put Diesel over, then fucking put him over. Yeah, you know exactly, exactly. Like, 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 it's no. It's such a weird thing in wrestling where people think, and it's largely like online people, but people think like if you lose. You're buried. It's like no, like no. it's a it's a competition. Somebody has to lose. Just because you lost on the day doesn't mean you're buried. Like if you're gonna put your world champion over, fucking put your world champion. Your world champion does not look any better because Tatanka ran in, and your heel monster does not look any scarier because Tatanka ran in. Exactly, exactly, and that's it. And I mean, the thing about it is, it's like. Ending the show on on this kind of dour down note, um, it, it's I would have been better if Sid had a one to be honest with you, because then people would have been like, "Whoa, that was shocking!" Yeah, it was the most you know unsurprising surprise surprise they could have possibly done, and it's very modern WWE. As I said, this show it has a lot of what WWE does now, um, but unfortunately. It is what it is, man. You know, and look, it was a $15 show. They were just like, look, we'll just do what we can do. And that was it. So, um, yeah, look, what would you give this one a rating or would you say it's worth watching or what would you do? I'd, I'd honest to God, I'd, I'd give it a D. A D. Uh, okay, D's yeah. not the lowest. I mean, they, these scores are kind of arbitrary. I mean, if we were giving it a score at a 10, 3, maybe. Yeah, Brett Akushi is good. Um, there are a couple more matches on it then that are fine, but it's a pay per view. Like mm. fine is a fine is all right for halfway through Raw. Fine isn't all right for a pay per view, you know. Yeah, and then the main even event, a cheap one, even a cheap pay per view, even a cheap one. And then I'm, um, but but like you're saying cheap, but like earlier you talked about the difference between inflation. So this is fifteen dollars in nineteen ninety nine. What is that now? About thirty. Well, because I just paid twenty quid for Ring of Honor's Death Before Dishonor. Oh well, wow. okay. You know, so like, like I'm expecting an amazing pay per view because. Ring of Honor's pay-per-views have been incredible. Like, mm. if I paid that for this, I'd be really pissed. And it's not just because 
it was one good match and then a load of crap. It was because it was built on the world title match between two monsters and like the worst thing you can do, worse than a bad match, worse than a crappy finish, like, well, not worse than a crappy finish, but worse than anything you can do is a non-finish. Yeah, or be boring. Or be boring, exactly. Be boring. Or a a non-finish in in a match that you've built up. Like it's, I've given you my money to see what the outcome is and you've given me no outcome. You know. Exactly. And that's what happened here. I think that's the, it's the typical WWE thing they've been doing for like 30 years. Um, You know, they'd move away from it in the Attitude Era and really kind of get exciting and give people something. And this is what imagine, happens. Imagine, you know? imagine a whore bringing you to oh. the point of ejaculation, and then sending you home. Like you'd rather you just never went. And on that lovely image, folks, <laughs> we will wrap up this week's show. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, I've been Daryl Connor. Uh, obviously, my co-host, Mister Martin Herty. Folks, if this is your first time checking out the show, thank you so much. Uh, but. But please go over to nerdtonomedia.com, com, and, you know, maybe give us an X-Pac Euro, one, two, three, kid Euro, Virgil Tenor, uh, disappointed uh, who are the <laughs> counter. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever amount you want to give us, that would be great, because um, we very much appreciate it. Martin, is there anything you want to plug before we finish I, up? I, I, how do I top that? Uh, <laughs> just when I thought, just when I thought I'd been the most outrageous person on the podcast. <laughs> yes, swoop in there and you, you take my grimy crown from me. Like, no. What am I supposed to say? An RKO out of nowhere. <laughs> <laughs> Sensational. No, I've nothing to say. Thank you. Uh, all right, folks, we'll be back next week. See you later. See you for that. Thank you for listening to a Nerd to Know Media production.